Hey guys, welcome into the Bear With Us podcast. I'm Jack. He's Frank. Uh, Frank, unfortunately, I'm going to have to put the microphone away from me again because I bring it closer to me and the bears revert to looking like complete ass. So unfortunately, I don't think this solved all the world's problems like like you told me it would. And that's just disappointing if I'm being honest with you. Well, I mean, it solved some audio problems. I, and really, what's more important than that? Not Frankie, nothing at all. Frankie, let's let's. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go full substitute teacher, for full cool guy teacher, trying to relate to the youth for a second here. Okay. Let's sit down and rap for a second about this awful team that you and I have decided to spend our free time covering for years and years and years at this point. Not covering necessarily, because you and I haven't had a podcast for our entire Bears fandom, but for the last four years of my life that we've been doing this, we've been talking about the Chicago Bears. And uh, I don't know if this, this, may, this loss, Frank, this loss, outside of the Eagles, the, the Bears-Eagles playoff game, this may have been the most disappointing loss of the Bears that we've since we've started this podcast. And and oh, okay. I feel since like since we started the podcast. I thought you were yeah. gonna say of our life. No, 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 <clears throat> no. But and and people might be saying, well, I don't know, that Packers one was pretty disappointing. I will grant you that. However, I think this loss was worse. In the sense that this is basically the the worst case scenario that the Bears could have possibly found themselves in at this point in the season. Like this is as bad as it gets. Do it you is. disagree? I, I I agree that this is the worst case scenario for this regime and for these players and, and all of that. The double doink, certainly, just as a singular loss is the worst loss since I we've... said since then. Oh, I didn't hear you say since. Since then. Oh since yeah. Then. I mean, we don't have much to choose from though, do we? I mean, it's it's I I I, I would I would think that the 2019 uh homo uh, the opener against the Packers, right? That was up there. Yeah, kind of, but it's the, the more that we do this podcast for is, you know, draining as as a week one loss can be you also realize there's a lot of teams that it's like no reflection the Bengals have it mandated by the nfl to start off 0-4 every year and then they get to actually play football like the beginning of the season just doesn't it doesn't doesn't matter it doesn't hurt me as much anymore than like later in years see it still hurts though it hurt because because you have you go from the the off season that was super exciting right for the bears You hear some good things from training camp. I don't know where all these beat writers were when they're like, yeah, the offense looked like shit this entire time. It's like, you never said anything unless I missed it. No, that that was weird. That was sort of the weird part was they had the whole naggy Mitch Trubisky, Allen Robinson under a microscope. I'm talking crazy microscope. Now they did a little bit of that this year with the one bad, uh, practice that Justin had he you know they were counting his passes and things which was weird but it was nowhere near that level um which I think led everyone to believe like oh things should be better offensively right they should be uh yeah have have, have an actual wide receiver one like 
But no, you're right. There wasn't, unless we both missed it, the only people that I, that I saw that, that were any critical was Hogan Johns. They were the ones that were saying, like, sometimes, like, the only one that he really seems to have a connection with is DJ Moore. The other things, maybe Komet, things are coming along a little bit, but we don't, like, their caveat always was, we think they're going to be able to run the ball, and they're not, they're, it's practice, so they're not, they don't have pads on, we don't really, know. it is what it is, but we can assume that they can still run the ball. Remember when we heard about Claypool being, be, having a great offseason, you remember that, and people started trading for I didn't, him in I Dynasty? Didn't believe, I'm not going to lie, that was one that I just didn't believe. But that's what I'm saying, though. They, that we're not just making this up. That those right. were things that were coming out, and and it obviously didn't happen. But Frank, I'm going to be honest. Like, I mean, we could talk about this Viking games. We can take have a couple takeaways because obviously some important things happened in their 1913 loss at home to the Minnesota Vikings, dropping the Bears to a one in five record, owning the second overall pick, including the first overall pick because the Panthers are now zero and six heading into their bye week. Um, I mean, from a game perspective, there, it it just it feels, it it just feels pointless because of what happened at the quarterback position, and I know that there's a lot of people out there who just who who fell in love on Sunday, fell in love with your boy Tyson Bajan, that <laughs> undrafted rookie D two quarterback coming in and slinging the ball for 83 yards and an interception and a fumble a fumble dropped for a touchdown. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ, what, what, I think that's the thing that's, that sucks the most, Frank is like as bears fans, right? We can talk ourselves into anything, right? If, if you give us a glimmer of hope, if you give us just a little inkling, we can talk ourselves into Caleb Haney can let this thing ride. We're going to win a super bowl with, with Todd Collins. We're going to do it all with Josh McCown. Just get him in there instead of Cutler, get, get Bajan in there, get Andy Dalton starting, get Nick full. I mean, we've just been on this roller coaster, this merry-go-round forever. And, and that's, what's so frustrating. It's like, if you just give us some hope, we can talk ourselves into it. Two good weeks. Yeah. We can ignore everything that happened before that and pick the bears to beat the Vikings. No problem. No, Justin Jefferson, easy dub, easy. And what's frustrating is the bears probably should have won this game. If they had done anything that they had done the past two weeks and they come out that first drive back to what they were doing week one, Justin Fields was scared to throw the ball. I'm watching tape. He had DJ Moore open multiple times, just wouldn't throw the ball, was late making his decisions, making poor decisions, but then he'd make one good throw and you're like, "Ah, there it is. I, you still see it. That throw down the middle of the field, to Darnell Mooney. That was a great throw. Yep. And then he comes right back and he's just, he's gun shy. I, I I just, I don't understand what happened. Yeah. And then it was like, there were even times where there was that you're correct. And this isn't me throwing a cape on for Justin, but it just shows you it just to, to paint the picture of how out of sync and out of whack this offense became again is then people would be open and then he didn't have time to make the throw. And it was like, mm-hmm. his eyes were there and it's like, he could have been gun shy again and who knows, but it's like, you can't really, you don't ever really know, but it was like, we couldn't even get that. And then Jesus Christ, Jack. I, I swear, I feel like I'm watching peewee high school junior varsity football when I watch Cody Whitehair snap the fucking ball. I, I've never, I mean, it, it it went from a couple of years ago, one or two snaps a game. Okay, cool. Yeah, you could live with it if your blocking is very good. And he was, he was a very good lineman for a decent amount of time. So I don't want to, you know, go too crazy on him. But Jack, that was like all fucking game before he got pulled. And it wasn't even like always over the head, but it was like, 
it was Fields and and Bajan. Like they had to jump to get the ball. They had to get down to get the ball. They did, like that's not you're talking about. A, 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 any offense in this league is predicated on timing. That quick second, you already lost a second in your read progression. Now, you've and some of them were RPOs. You've already lost a second to make that decision on an RPO. Like it's it's dude, it, that was fucking awful. It was they were so out of sync. It was insane. And I don't think we're going to touch too much on the defense today, Jack. But that's what made the offense so frustrating. Unless there's a game last year that I can't remember. This was the best that the defense has ever looked under Matt Eberflus. Not counting the Typhoon game against the Niners in Week 1. That was ridiculous. Um, but, they, I mean, they looked like they knew what they were doing. Coverage looked really good. Outside of the second quarter, they got lit up. That, that, was, that was not good. But quarters 1, 3, and 4. And at the end of the day, forget even the caveat of quarter 2. wasn't. It? They gave up 19 points, Jack. In today's NFL, you win that game. You have to Unless win that game. Unless you're the Bears. Unless Unless you're the Bears. Bears. Who could score 13 points. It's yeah, it, that that was that was a very frustrating game to watch because it was one of those games where you can talk about where Justin Fields played poorly, you can talk about where Tyson Bajant played poorly, you can talk about where the receivers played poorly, you can talk about where the offensive line. The point that I'm making is everyone played like shit, including the play caller, because Jack, I I, I mean, I I again, I've grown. I don't have the same anger issues as the young Mexican-American kid growing up on the south side of Chicago that I did. But 13-year-old me almost broke my fucking TV when I saw three straight screen passes. After they just got a nine-yard gain on a screen. Run the fucking ball, Luke. It's not rocket science. I, I don't I don't understand why he loves wide receiver screens. So I, I went back and, and, and actually watched some of that. I think... I think it was a I think it was a, a check out of a run. I think the three straight, I think that was a Tyson decision. Cause Tyson he checked out of so so it was it was a it was a run pass option, actually. It was an RPO. And basically it was uh what you call run solutions. And, and basically if he thinks that the run is going to get stuffed or stopped, he has the option to swing it out to the wide receiver on a screen. Now the problem is a lot of the times the decisions he was making, especially on that third one, it, it's one blocker on two guys. It, it, they don't have the numbers and it, it feels like they never do. And they just keep trying to do it. And my, my point is what you're saying isn't incorrect in terms of Getsy calling screens, giving an undrafted rookie the option to check out of plays and say, if you see this, do this. What do you what are you expecting? What what do you expect to happen? And I totally agree with you on Cody Whitehair. I mean, my God, that was absolutely he Tyson Bajan is what, like six four mm-hmm. or something like that? Six, he was three, snapping six, the ball over his head. I know. And he had to catch it on that last play on the on the interception he threw. He had to catch the ball midair and then throw it. That was Lucas Patrick. But it goes to show you that, you know. I, I don't know how the Bears went into this season feeling comfortable with the center position. I, I I truly don't understand how you go with two guys who legitimately cannot snap the ball. I've never seen this before, Frank. I've never seen an NFL team have this many issues. Two guys I know who can't snap the ball. Like like once is enough. Like one guy, you see that, and then the backup comes in and he's fine, right? He might not be the best blocker, but you know, at least you can just snap the fucking ball. Yep. How, how do you have this? 
how? How does this happen? It's it's embarrassing. And you have Larry Borum showing you exactly why he's a backup tackle in this league, especially on this team. The dude gets fucking tripped up on his own feet. <laughs> and, and and Fields has to make a quick like I think what happened during the game, over the course of the game, was Justin was starting to fe- see things that were not there, mm-hmm. feel pressure that wasn't there because of all of the hits he's taken in this game. How many times last week did we see a free runner and then it carried over into this week? There is no line protection shifts. There is no extra blocker. Mercedes Lewis is supposed to be this blocking tight end. I feel like he's never even on the field. I know. Same with uh, Bob Tanyan. Why, why is he here? Why did they sign him? You know what, Jack? They don't do anything. And th- th- that's what I was going to ask because I was having a conversation with someone, with Naj. You know, you remember Naj. And mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. seemingly out on Justin. I think he agrees. He sort of aligns with us that, like, this organization, it feels like it's their fault more than his fault with all the talent that he had. Um, but he got, the, he, like, got so pissy during the game of, like, Fields can't fucking see, he can't, you know, see blitzes. He's not telling the line what to do correctly. And I'm like, I, I'm not even watching it. I, I watch the film afterwards and see other people's breakdowns. I, I'm not, I didn't play in the NFL. So I don't usually Olin Cruz is good with that. Um, when he's not punching his coworkers, um, JT O'Sullivan's very good with that. And the, the quarterback, uh, school guy. Um, and the, the, the consensus this whole year was like, he's actually very good at directing his offensive line. So, the and then, and then you combine it with it was Ibraflus has talked about it it was Lugetti who was talked about it where it's like oh we designed some of those free run plays to like let him make an athletic play and I I don't know if it's a him philosophy I I watch every other game and not for nothing this was the worst week of total football I've ever watched in my life from game one to to whatever yeah. the last game was yeah it was bad but I don't see plays drawn up to have a free runner I don't understand the logic in that. That 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 doesn't ma- I, he he explained the logic so I understand it but what I'm saying is it's faulty. You're you're banking on your quarterback. I don't care how athletic you are to consistently three to five plays a game when there's a free runner to get out to to be, because not for nothing if this free rusher can can um anticipate the snap count you're expecting him Justin to make a perfect play to evade a six foot five, two hundred eighty pound man that probably runs a four six that has a head start. That's absurd. It's it's absurd, and I don't see it anywhere else where I'm like, oh, that makes sense, and this is on Justin, or oh, that makes sense, Justin has to shift the line protection that way, because it's not. It, it, it can't be, it, I mean, they're telling you that this is designed, that that's a part of it. And I, I, I just, it boggles my mind that we're the only offense that I ever see doing that, and it was the very first play of the game, and as soon as I saw that, I knew we were in for a long day, because I was like, this is the same old shit that we were witnessing before these last two games. Because there's no way yeah, I mean, that that they're it, they're it game just, planning this way again. It it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense when when your your quarterback is the most important position and you're trying to evaluate him over the course of the entire season. Well, guess what? Now he's hurt. So now your evaluation is going to be even shorter. Granted, some people say they've seen enough. I don't know if Ryan Poles would set, would tell you the same thing. I don't think you. But would. At, at this point, you kind of have to just assume that this this whole experiment is over, right? Like like. Justin wasn't playing well regardless. He he yep. really was not having a good game anyways, which was super disappointing. Uh, and and Getsy, you know, he doesn't just get to, to, to sail free because he says it's designed to have free rushers. Like, dude, 
you know Brian Flores is going to blitz the crap out of this terrible offensive line. And he made no adjustments, again, shockingly. He didn't even run the ball. They barely ran the ball. Dante Foreman averaged 4.3 yards I know, a carry. They were, when they Granted, he fumbled. He, he had a fumble. But you got Velas Jones involved in the, in the run game twice. Once he looked really good running the ball. Like, it's just so frustrating. They, the, the, I thought this whole thing, this whole offense was built on the run. And they don't do it. Yeah. They don't run and, the football. But again, Jack, my biggest point of frustration outside of the fact that they haven't ran the ball, generally speaking, as well as we thought they could coming into the season, they're still not doing anything off of the run. Mm-mm. The first half, Dante Foreman looked good. Darrington Evans looked good. But again, it it has this Matt Nagy stench of like, well, I ran the ball X amount of times. Now they can shut the fuck up about running the ball. Because you're not doing play action fake. You're not rolling out. You're not doing any sort of misdirection. You're not putting... Your, I mean, he didn't even put two running backs in the backfield to make you think. Like, you sort of know when the runs are coming. And then the offensive line, you know, to their credit, is still a, a solid, it's solid at run blocking. They open up some holes and, and, and guys are able to take advantage of it. But they don't build off the run at all. And what makes it more disappointing, and I know this has become cliche at this point, but it's a pretty well-known fact that your ability to, to run play action fake and have success off that isn't even predicated on how well you're running the ball. But he, right. but it, but I, I would assume it couldn't hurt if you're actually running the ball well. So well, like, how aren't you doing it then? Like, I, it just, and, it doesn't. And you can't go back into this week where you and I are screaming at each other over text to throw the ball to DJ Moore. I know. You, yeah, that can't happen, man. Well, I, I saw that uh, Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic posted uh, play action passes the last three weeks. 10 versus Washington, 14 versus Denver, two against Minnesota. Yep. Throws outside the pocket, seven against Washington, eight against Denver, one against Minnesota. When you know they are going to blitz, you have to move the pocket. You can't keep Justin in the pocket having to deal with this offensive line. Yeah. You have a backup left tackle. You have a guy who can't snap the fucking ball. You have Nate Davis getting hurt, so Jatir Carter has to come in, who I'm sorry. He was bad. He is one of the worst guards I've ever seen. He was bad. He's awful. And it, what is it? It pisses me off that after the game, Eberflus is like, oh, come on. We didn't bench Whitehair. No, we didn't bend. No, no, no. We wanted Lucas Patrick, the guy who has uh, he's more experienced at center, even though he doesn't have more snaps or career games played at center. We wanted the more experienced guy. But then why? OK, you didn't you didn't bench him. Then why not put Cody Whitehair at left guard and move Tevin Jenkins back to right guard? No, you benched him. You kept Carter in the game. You benched Cody. Just yeah. fucking say it, Flues. Well, Stop you know, lying to us, the, you piece but the, of shit. The other thing that's weird is the retort to that is, well, he's just protecting his players, which to a degree I get. But if you're going to protect your players, don't lie about just, I mean, you, you could, just tell them. I, I guess what you're what, what I'm saying <laughs> is you can lie about something else if you really wanted to. You could say, oh, we, you know, we did bench him. He wasn't gripping the ball today very well. We were looking at a thumb or something, but he knows he got benched. And you, but that's the cover for him is like, maybe he wasn't himself today. Okay. But to lie and like, what do you mean you didn't bench him? You fucking benched him. What are you talking about? And it's it's, it's mind-boggling to me. Him. They'll respect him a lot more if he says, no, he wasn't playing up to our standards today. We went in I a think, different direction. I, my problem is I think everyone would respect him more if he actually did that. That's holding, that's holding that's your saying. player accountable. 
that's what I'm saying, that he's trying to be everyone's friend when it, it's the same thing that happened with Nagy. It's the same fucking thing. And and you can't have Tyler Scott, two catches. Darnell Mooney, again, only two catches. Like, you're just not getting these guys involved. You paid Cole Komet top 10 tight end money to produce you two catches for nine yards. Tight end two in fantasy, baby. Just the fucking slowest player I've ever seen. He's very slow. He's very slow. It, it, I Jackie, know he but, said he was dealing with some leg injuries, but let's talk about the big thing first. Well, hold on, I, I, re, re, okay. re, re, really quick, because you brought up Cole right, Komet. It reminded me of the last point that I wanted to go make. Um, you know, because the retort is for people who, whether they're on Getsy's side or not, just the wide receiver screen thing. Well, if they blitz a lot, that's one way to, you know, get past it. Totally agree. But the retort to that is the Bears just aren't good at it anyway. You don't do it. Mm-hmm. But they did run a tight end screen that went for very positive yardage. And that's the one thing that when me and you have texted, I love Getsy's running back and tight end screens. He dials them up, and we execute those very well. That's a way to beat the blitz. There was zero running. Ball. Like, th- th- this quick screen throw out right when you get the the, the snap, it, it doesn't work in other offenses either. That's just, it's not, cornerbacks are too athletic these days for that to really work. Like, it just doesn't, especially when it's not like a trip set to the right or something and you actually have blockers out there. I mean, he just, he sets it up horribly, but... What, like if he well, loves asking, the screen, if he loves the screen you're so much, a position, you're asking a position who's no d- notorious for being bad at blocking to yes. be blockers. Yes. So, well, let me finish this point, and then yeah, add to yours. But I mean, if you love the screen so much, do it with with the players and the sets that you do it well in. Because when they do the tight end ones and the running back ones, they're not predictable. The wide receiver ones, I'm looking at my. I, I texted you. I was like, "This is the screen," and sure enough, it was like I I've never played in the NFL. I only played football through high, through uh, my sophomore year of high school. I should not be able to look at my fucking TV and know what play is going to happen. That's embarrassing. That I I know what an off, what an NFL offensive coordinator is about to to call. Um, but then to to your to add to your point, the other thing is Jack. I don't know. If, this is the first time it really came up, but I noticed it live and I saw other people breaking down film of it. They were asking running backs to block defensive ends. And it looked like it was by design. Like it didn't look like there was, people were doing things wrong with the way that the film was being broken down. Jackie, that's, I mean, that's damning. Like to your point of saying, you, you, you're you having guys block people who aren't known to be blockers. Okay, a wide receiver on a corner. Okay, I, I, I get it, right? A running back on a defensive end? Are you out of your fucking mind? Especially when Dante Foreman is a really bad run blocker, he, he's or a pass blocker. He's that's not what he's known for. He's a downhill guy. He, he doesn't do anything in the blocking game. There's that a was, reason he's been inactive for yes for quite some that's time. Bad. All right, Jackie, do we get to yeah. the uh, to the to the main yeah. shebang? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's really not much much else to talk about in, in regards to the offense. Like I said, I, I liked how Dante Foreman played. You can see why they signed him. I I kind of wish he would be playing a little bit more, um, but you you understand why with his limitations. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, Justin felt the need to try and make big plays happen. Uh, ends up getting hurt, dislocates his thumb. Basically, they say he can come back as when he can grip the ball again, which who knows that 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 was that summed up this Bears team than what we've been dealing with so perfectly, where it's just who knows, right? There's never a clear answer with this Bears team. It's just we still don't know why the defensive coordinator is gone. We don't know why Chase Claypool got traded. We don't know how long Justin Fields is going to be out for. It's just chef's kiss. Beautiful. Um, anyways, so your your guy, everyone's favorite player in Chicago, the Bears backup quarterback comes in and he's slinging the ball. 
And granted, Tyson Bajan, I will, I'll give him some credit. At that first couple drives, he looked solid. Like, he was getting the ball out quick. He, he was making one read and go. How much credit you want to give that to him versus Getze, I, I don't really know. Uh, he might have just been keeping the, the playbook simple, which I don't know how it could be any simpler than what Justin Field is working with anyways, uh, to your point, Frank. And then the mistakes happen. Right. The the taking the ball, not protecting the football, getting stripped for a fumble return for a touchdown that iced the game. Right. The. The throws he was making, it's just I don't know how any Bears fan watches this game and goes, yeah, he's better than Justin Fields. In any facet of the game, I mean, if your thing is you like the, the ball getting out quick. Great, but you ask him to throw the ball downfield 20-plus yards, I don't know. Like I, I just don't know how you don't let watch that and appreciate what Justin has been able to do in this offense. Yeah, the, the arm strength definitely doesn't seem to be there because even those wide receiver screens, he didn't seem to – and I, let, let, let me admit, I didn't watch very much preseason football once the starters were out, but I do – I remember seeing some of his clips and I'm not like loosely paying attention. If I paid attention in the preseason, that would have been a big worry of mine if this is what he – look like because just from a physical tool standpoint I know PJ Walker had a really bad camp and I've watched a little bit of him in the preseason he looked really bad as well but Jesus it's just yeah um Jackie I, what I'm looking forward to is I think because Justin is probably going to be out at least a couple of weeks that, that that's a tough injury to come right back from you can't grip the football um I think my biggest thing is one, if we if we have a nice little backup quarterback here for the next few years, that, that's a plus. So hopefully he can play well. But I think what we're gonna see is how much was Justin Fields actually covering up for this offense? Like how much of his talent was superseding a bad play caller? If at all, or it could be the opposite. Was Justin holding back this play caller? And, and now he has someone who can pull the trigger, maybe do exactly what he wants him to do and not, you know, play some backyard football every now and then. Maybe the offense does look better. But I ha I have this damning feeling, Jack, after it was like start two or three of Andy Dalton um, after Justin got, got, got hurt um, his rookie year, and we were like, well, what were the differences? And, you know, it I, I had said something along the lines of, well, he threw the ball on time. He seemed to go through his reads quicker because he's a veteran quarterback. But at the end of the day, this is the same system, and it doesn't matter because they still put up the same amount of points, similar yardage. It just doesn't matter. And I, ha I have that same feeling here where, like, sure, Badgett may release the ball quicker. He may just go sort of one read and and, and, and throw it or, or give people more 50-50, well, whatever he, you think he's going to do better. I have this feeling that it's not going to matter because Lou Getze's system sucks. I think that's what all of this comes down to is it's really, really bad. And I, I, I think we're going to come away from however many starts that Badgett has, whether or not we wind up thinking he's awful or but He was a D2 quarter. I, we didn't come in with high hopes. We said before this year, if we have to see Badgett for more than like a game, it's it means Justin was really bad or he had a season-ending injury. Like, And that's kind of what we're dealing with Possible. here. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I don't necessarily have huge expectations for him. Um, my expectations for this season have now really gone out of the window and things that I'm looking for, are like rookies getting more reps, especially those defensive tackles. I want Tyler Scott to, to take any reps he can from 
even if it's Darnell Mooney, I don't anticipate him being back even, maybe. I You know, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, Jack, I, I think, I mean, are, are there any other sort of outcomes? To me, it's like, it's sort of the um, natural conclusion of, was this OC actually bad and the quarterback was good and sort of making things, you know, making up uh, or covering holes or... Was the OC actually good this whole time, and the quarterback held him back? That's what that's what we're gonna find out. But at the end of the day, if if Badgett stinks, like maybe you don't really find that out. I don't know. Well, you know, uh, Luke Getzey is now putting his hands, his his Bears future in the hands of an undrafted rookie D two quarterback. So best of luck to him. I just reposted on Twitter uh, at Jack underscore Savio five. I just forgot. I, I haven't done that in a while on Twitter uh, of I'm bearing down. That's that's the Twitter account. He he did. He put together a super splice of every tight Tyson Bajan drop back in his regular season debut. Go check that out because there's there's a lot. There's it, it, it just sums up exactly what you and I expected from a undrafted rookie quarterback, like a guy who I, I think of that fourth down play, that fourth and three where. You have like the stick out and then the two guys crossing. It's Mooney and Dar- and DJ Moore to the sideline. And then you have Tyler Scott basically running a clear out. You had DJ Moore wide open to for the conversion. And instead, Tyson Bajit decides to go for the shot play to Tyler Scott. Threw a nice ball, but there was no chance of it being complete because of how close he was running to the sideline. Because that's that that was the point of the clear out. So it's just like that type of stuff. Like he's not. He hasn't seen this. He's going to make mistakes. So what does Luke Getze's offense really look like? Because, again, like you were saying, now we're going to really get to see what to expect. You know, he, he, but the thing is, is Tyson Bajan came in and nothing really looked different. Yep. They didn't run the ball more. They ran the same offense. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just, I, I, I just, does it really matter if Tyson Bajan is good or not? Honestly, it helps us if, more it helps bear the bears in the long run more so if he's bad because then you'll obviously we're, we're right back to fucking tanking again for the for the next overall pick to hopefully dra- i i just hope that bears fans truly understand how bad of a weekend this probably was this this is by this is basically code red of how bad this could be because once again your head coach I don't know if you saw this, Frank, got ranked last. I don't really understand what the metrics were, but I saw a bunch of people posting it around. Ranked last as the worst defensive play caller this weekend, which seems weird because his team only gave up 19 points. That was this weekend? I thought that that was from the start of his tenure. It might be. It might be. It has to be because he called the good. The defense was good. I really don't have very many complaints about the defense. They played well. He only gave up 19 points. Yeah, T.J. Edwards finally decided to, to yeah, show they, up. Yeah, they played very well. That so. was the best game that they've had under Matt Eberflus. It has to be uh, his whole tenure. Let me let me let me read let me recheck that real quick because because now oh, uh, it just says after week six, so it might be overall. Okay, in twenty twenty, it has to be this entire season. So, anyways, your head coach is bad. He's again giving bad messaging. You go back to all of the stuff he did poorly with the Chase Claypool stuff and Allen Williams stuff, and it's just bad overall, right? The team doesn't do anything. Your offensive coordinator looks really bad. Your quarterback of the that you were hoping to develop looks like he's going to be playing elsewhere next year. Oh, and by the way, the guy that you're desperately hoping and wanted to move on from so badly to Caleb Williams, 
Did you see what happened to him in no- at, at Notre Dame? He looked like shit. He threw three picks and looked really, really bad. So it's not as simple as plugging in a rookie quarter. We, we, Frank and I have tried to tell you guys this. Mm-hmm. We've tried to tell this podcast this. It's not – your hope shouldn't be just give me the rookie quarterback. Because it's not, it's not a guarantee. It's yeah, it never takes time to develop. You have to develop them. That's the whole point. And, and that, that's where me and you, you know, we'll get there eventually. It's not going to be today. But that's where me and you have our, our, our doubts. Like, you, you, you go through the, the Fox graphic of they've started this many quarterbacks since Mc, uh, uh, McMahon. And, and you're going to tell me every single one of those quarterbacks just sucked. There's no, just statistically, there's no fucking way. It's I I feel like this organization has failed quarterbacks, especially in our lifetime, more than the other way around. We've had some bad ones. Don't get it. The Cordell Stewart, he was old. We like we said Jim Miller was never that good. Like there there was guys who clearly were bad, Craig Krenzel, but like starting from Jay Cutler to Mitch Trubisky to Justin Fields, I'm not saying these guys are Hall of Famers. I'm just saying there was talent to work with there to nurture to to help bring up, and they they it didn't it didn't happen. Like it's not coincidence, you know? Yeah. So yeah, and and I'm sorry, like you you can't again you 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 watch the difference between Fields and Bajan, and you can't tell me that Fields doesn't have upper echelon talent, like just just purely physical raw talent yep. as a, yep. at playing the quarterback position. I mean, I, I think it's a coaching thing. He's had two really bad offensive coordinators that everybody agrees are bad. Yep. And so how do you develop a, a quarterback like that when you you're running terrible offenses and you're just not putting your guys in the best position to win? I just I did not understand the game plan at all. And that's happened too many times this season. And again, I'm not saying Fields deserves no blame because this was a terrible game for yeah, him. Agreed. He played poorly. And, and it's a shame that now we're gonna have to go on this wild ride of of not watching him play while also just trying to figure out what's next. Because you're right. Do you trade Darnell Mooney? He's gonna be a free agent. Do you trade Jalen Johnson? Or do you want him to stick around and pay him? Right? Are you going to trade Andrew Billings so that you can now go ahead and get Dexter or Pickens more playing time? Like, what do you do? Do you blow this whole thing up again? Billings feels like a Akeem Hicks sign. He's really fucking good. I like but him the, a lot. But, but what I'm saying, Frank, I is, get what you, is, I get what you mean, though. I get what you mean. Like, we're we're right back to now again. It doesn't really feel like there's any person who or any player on this team that deserves to be here when this neck when the this team is good yep. outside of dj Moore, who you traded the number one pick for and then decided to only get him what what was it like two targets in the first half or something like yeah, that something like that again yeah, he, i mean well that wow i think that that's a good segue into what we wanted to discuss the the reality is right now that justin fields may be done for the year if in fact that is the case do they look, do they bring him back? I, and I mean in a starting role. There's a world where he we get another quarterback and he's a backup, but is he the starter next year if he indeed played his last game as a Chicago Bear? I would bet at least $10. At least. That he's not starting for the Bears. Yeah. I feel very confident that Justin Fields, his Bears career is over. Whether he plays another game this season or not, I think it's over. I, I Regardless if they keep this coaching staff, which that's a whole other conversation that we'll have to have. 
But I think if you bring in a new coaching staff, you're out. You're you're gonna you're gonna want to bring in your yep. own guy. They didn't draft Justin Fields. There's teams that may want may be interested. Look, you got a fourth round pick for for Trey Lance. Come on, you're gonna get a little bit more for Justin Fields, who, who, who had like four drives to his name since high I'm school. Be, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, Frank. Like like if a team called up Ryan Pole, if I'm Ryan Poles and the team called me up right now for Justin Fields and offered whatever, first round, second round pick, whatever, whatever. Made a, let's just say made me a good offer. I'd take it. I'd take it. I'd, let's I, just move on. I may let's as well. Let's move on. Yeah. No, and I I, I, I agree with you. I, I do think his tenure is done, and it's really unfortunate because, again, and I, I hate that people, I don't know, like people hear me say certain things and they think I'm throwing a cape on for Justin Fields, <laughs> but we've been documented since day one in the areas that we needed him to grow areas that he hasn't grown at all. But then we've also praised him for the things he's done well. Like, we've we've been well-rounded in our, um, you know, breaking down of Justin Fields on a week-to-week basis. Like, I, I don't feel like we've been biased or unbiased. Like, we, we are, or, uh, or um, you know, too harsh or too, uh, you know, soft on him. Like, we, we, we talked about things. But at my, you know, my stance at the end of the day is I do think this Bears regime had just has not, it's been more on them than it is on him. But at the end of the day, I say that to say new coaching staff is going to come in, potentially a new GM. We, we, that, that one's way more up in the air. Um, but the numbers are the numbers. The film is the film. The thing like you can blame, we, we can we can diagnose from snap to snap to this, to this and, and, and some of it's his fault, some of it isn't. But the numbers are the numbers. It, it is what it is. And I'm not even talking about when people want to do the win-loss thing. That's that's ridiculous. No. Like Troy, Troy Aikman no. was in the same ballpark. When you're rebuilding, though, it, it is, you know. But the, the passing stats, all, all of that is there. The holding the ball too long, the not throwing the ball away, avoid, keeping yourself healthy. I mean, that he shouldn't even got hurt on that play. You just throw that ball away. Like, you know, what, what, what do you do? Like, there are those negatives that I think you just, especially, like, if he was going into year two, maybe it's a conversation. Are you talking about one more year left on a contract when you have a quarterback class that people are are clamoring over? You know, I I don't think you do. Two, really, Jack, the only other thing that I did want to say, because you brought up the coaching staff, and we're not going to diagnose that today. But the only thing that I have to say at this point, because for, for me, and, and maybe you 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 want to take this question, there's literally nothing this coaching staff can do the rest of this year that would get me to, to coach. Because they're not going to go undefeated. They're not going to turn this thing around. They're super, they're, they're bad. There, there's nothing subtly that they can do to make me want them back after this season. So my statement is, if they retain this regime, outside of polls, polls I would at this point be in favor of bringing I'm just talking about the coaching staff, assistants. You can get rid of the fucking ball boys for all I care. Everyone who has anything to do with this coaching staff, if they are here, I will no longer be a Chicago Bears fan. Because I, you can't watch this if you're George McCaskey, if you're Ryan Poles, if you're Kevin Warren, whoever's going to be leading this, these decisions and say, yeah, we need one more year of that. There, there's no redeeming qualities from anyone on this coaching staff. No, no, no player has gotten better. Players who have talent just stayed with that talent. I mean, similar to what we talked about with Nagy, like who has gotten better in this offense? And we're like, well, the only guys that were good were already good. Like he didn't, same thing here. We knew DJ Moore was a dog. We knew Justin Fields was a supreme athlete. We knew that Foreman and Herbert could run the ball downhill. What what has changed? We knew Billings was a run stuffer, a big body in the middle. What has who's developed? Who's done it? You know what I mean? It's they can't. And 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 we're a long ways away, so I don't know. But I also wanted to say, if that does indeed happen, and I'm no longer a Bears, I don't even know. I, I, we may just end the podcast. 
Like, I don't know what we would do. Like, my, our, our days of content creation about the Chicago Bears would certainly be over. And, and I just, like, it's that it, it, that would be horrible. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this is this is as bad as it gets because you and I, I, I would say, I, I would, I would say you and I have probably been the most vocal in terms of supporting Justin and and really wanting him to be good. And I don't know why it, it just from the jump, Bears fans just didn't seem to get all the way behind him anyways, and just assumed he was going to be bad, which was frustrating in its own right. I agree, I agree with everything you just said. If this if this coaching staff is is back, it's. It's going to be really hard hard to sell excitement, even if you draft Caleb Williams or Drake May or Michael Penix or or and I just wanted to say Penix again, but uh, any of those dudes because it's like how how do you trust the staff to develop a quarterback when they just couldn't do it with a former first round pick? Granted, it wasn't their first their former first round pick, but you just how how does how does if if they keep the staff, what do you sell to your fan base? How do you sell that to your fan base to be like? Listen, guys, we were we're doing what it takes to win. If they talk about continuity, if they talk about whatever it is, you and I differ a little bit on Ryan Poles a little bit more. I think I'm closer to like maybe 65 percent wanting him to come back at this point. I think you're a little bit higher. I'm like um, 95. Yeah, yeah. But, they, you know, so I, I agree with you. You know, if Poles is back. I'm not going to be heartbroken, but right. I, I, I have some questions for him that he has not answered as well. And that's the thing that's that sucks the most, man. No, no, no none of our questions from this offseason have been answered at all other than this team sucks. And that was not the question that we were hoping. That was not the answer we were hoping for. We didn't want this t- team to be bad yeah. because they had the Panthers pick. So we were like, OK, let's see if this team can can build this thing up. Let's see who develops. Let's get this offense going. And if we have that first overall pick again or a high draft pick, we can turn that around and use it, you know, one of, you know, to really just build it, continue to build this thing. I didn't want the one and two overall pick. But now that we're here, yeah, give me do whatever it takes to just lock up those first overall two picks. Just do it. Just do it. Let's just get this over with. I, I yeah, I totally which now looking back, the loss to Denver isn't the worst thing. No, again, it's it's really not. And and you know, they're gonna play each other on, on I think it's on a Thursday night game, Panthers Bears. Um Bears can't lose that one either way. So Can they that's flex be Thursday fun. games? After week thirteen, and I think it's week ten, so they can't. That's they fucking can't. gross. So, yeah, we're gonna have well, to watch that. But let's let's again, get to Jackie. our picks. Yeah, let's let's get to our picks and 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 you know we'll really break down this Raiders Bears game. That it's just going to be fucking awful. Uh, Thursday night, Frankie Jacksonville at New Orleans. Uh, I'm going Jacksonville. I really don't feel all that good about it. I, I Trevor Lawrence is as he's played well, but he's kind of been a little disappointing, especially in the fantasy game. But you know, I I think I think it's getting there. I think it's on the right track. I know he's hurt a little bit, but I'm going to go Jacksonville on the road. But I will not be surprised if they lose this game. Yeah, T-Law has been a little up and down. It's He, he still has yeah. those sort of erratic throws every now and then. Um, I mean, he, but he reminds me of a young Andrew Luck. I remember watching Andrew Luck, and there'd be like a drive where I'm like, what the, how the fuck is this guy in the NFL? And then the whole rest of the game, he was amazing. So <laughs> yeah. I think it's just a young quarterback thing. Um, I'm at the point of the season where I am actively rooting against teams now uh, that are not fun to watch. I am actively rooting against the Saints. They are fucking ugly. I, half the league is, I feel this way about right now. Uh, Bears included, obviously. Um, listen, Travis Etienne. Second best running back in football after uh, CMC. He's been fucking balling. Yeah, he's been real good. He's been real good. Are you going Jags? I'm so going, going Jags, Jags, yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, Atlanta at Tampa Bay. I'm out. I'm out on my boy Desmond. 
Give me Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Tampa's defense has been solid. Um, ba Baker is just who he is. He's like very hot and cold. This is a game where he might he he, he can get hot. And uh, yeah, R Ritter stinks. I'm going. I'm going Buccaneers as well. Maybe the Falcons are the ones who call about Fields. Give him some time to learn the playbook if he's out four to six weeks. Maybe. That, I mean, that's the tough thing about the NFL, though, is like some playbooks and schemes are drastically different. Like you, it's yeah. very hard to. It would have but to you be know like who's in Atlanta, right? Arthur Smith. Well, yeah, but Ryan Pace. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Maybe he wants his. Maybe he wants his his pick. Maybe he wants his quarterback. He could. Come get him. Have feel, Mitch back him up. It feels like an off season move. It feels leaves. Yeah, that's a conversation for another. Yeah, game. I don't want to get yeah. Too far down that road. Uh, Raiders at Bears. Uh, I know everybody's going to be picking the the the, the Bears because Bajan for some reason. Because oh, Jimmy G's not. But dude, give me Brian Hoyer over over Bajan oh, any day of the easily. week. Yeah, give me the Raiders in this one. I'm not even going to spend time talking uh, about yes. the stupid Bears game. The Raiders are going to win this game. Uh, Max Crosby might have eight sacks in this game. I was going to say Josh Jacobs may have 200 rushing yards, but dude, yeah. Hey. He's going to have to run up against Andrew Billings. So shut the fuck up. All right. Show some goddamn respect to your favorite player. I do like Andrew Billings a lot. Dude, Max Crosby's so fucking good. He's, he's going to destroy this offensive line. Yeah, he it's is. He's so bad. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland at Indianapolis. Uh, okay. I know PJ Walker played. Stop saying he won the game <laughs> yeah. and the Bears messed up. But the dude threw three picks. What are we what are we talking about here? Get out of here. Jackie, that's why listen, that that's why I got Jesus. very annoyed with Nas when he he brought up Justin Fields' record. I was like, let's critique the things that we can actually critique. Cause then if you're just tying wins to quarterbacks, PJ Walker by himself won that game then. That's on his win loss record. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're that's what you're inherently saying. It's one of those things that I don't think people like because he used this against me. He was like, well, it feels like that's one of those things that if it's in your favor, you use. But if it's not like you, you say it's not Justin Fields. I'm like, I'm not. Justin Fields certainly has lost games for this team. Every quarterback has those types. But like, it's it's one of those things, you know, we, we've we talked about um, where you don't, you don't realize what you're saying inherently on the other end, where you're like, oh, like, thank God for waking me up. So then you're inherently saying he did not wake other people up. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, you don't yeah. realize the flip end of what you're saying. And like, that's what you're doing. If you're saying Justin Fields, all the losses are on him. Well, that win was on P.J. Walker, who did fucking nothing. <laughs> yeah, Justin Fields could throw four, 400 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, no interceptions, no fumbles, nothing. And and if they lose, you know, 50 to 40, that's Justin Fields' fault. That's what right, because he should have put up 51. Yeah. Right, exactly. No, give me give me Cleveland in this game. Indianapolis sucks, and they're they're toast. They're yeah, toast. Anthony Richardson is out for the out for the year. It, it, it's unfortunate because I, I I did I'm going Cleveland as well. I did like the game plans that they were implementing for Richardson. Run heavy, let him get out of the pot, like do his thing. The development as a pocket passer was, you know, to come. But, I mean, you're not going to be able to do anything if you're not durable. Like, that's how you have to do with the young, raw quarterback. You got to let him be an athlete for a little while while he figures everything else out. And he got hurt, I mean, literally every game that he started. No, like, did he not go in the blue tent? I think so, yeah. That's yeah, not good, they, man. At least they paid Jonathan Taylor, so. Um... Washington at the New York Giants. Give me Washington. The Giants have a worse offensive line than us, and that says a lot. They fucking stink. Tyrod Tyro Taylor looked pretty good, though. I'm go he, did, he, he looked better than Daniel Jones. I'm going with the Commanders. Someone made a really funny tweet about the Giants. They were like, how poetic would it be if the, the, the tush push gets 
outlawed in the NFL because the Giants tried to run it and their quarterback and three <laughs> offensive linemen got hurt because that happened a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It was fucking hysterical. I, I, I hope, I don't know how those injuries, like, I hope they're all okay, but just the thought of it, like, that's what did it. That's what gets that play banned. <laughs> Can the Bears find a way to get Wandale Robinson on this team? I like him. I like Wandale a lot. He's a good boy. He's a good slot he's receiver. Good I feel like that's what, I yeah. mean, hopefully Tyler Scott can be that, yeah? I He's almost like an outside guy. Oh, I, is I, they just don't They just don't throw him the fucking ball, man. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's because their offensive coordinator sucks. Detroit at Baltimore. <laughs> I'm going Detroit. Fuck it. Give me Detroit. I'm going Detroit as well. I'm going Detroit in blowout fashion. Lamar can't hang with Jared Goff. You heard it here first. Damn, I like it. I like it. Uh, Buffalo at New England. Uh, give me Buffalo. Uh, New England's terrible. And, you know, we'll see if Josh Allen's healthy. But, dude, that, that last throw, that touchdown throw that he threw, moving to his right on a fucking rope. Woo. Yeah. That's good stuff. Someone someone tweeted that Josh Allen's superpower is playing just as bad or good as the team that he's playing against. Because <laughs> he fucking stunk that whole game. Yeah, he was bad. It was bad. But, like, Stephon Diggs still had, like, 150 yards somehow. I know, I know. It was wild. And he overthrew him, like, four times. D- oh, Diggs, God, the tablets so were not safe at halftime. There's yeah, no fucking shot. Um, I'm yeah, going with the Bills as well. It's interesting. The Patriots own their first-round pick, correct? I think so, yeah. Yep, they do. They're going quarterback. Bill's getting fired. This is his last year in New England. It's bad. It's really bad. Um, Arizona at Seattle. Uh, Give me Seattle. I think Arizona's finally hit their, finally finally peaked a little bit here. I agree, but if there's a team that's going to play down to their competition and lose to the Cardinals, it's Seattle. And I think that's my only upset. I'm going, I'm going Arizona. Okay. Pittsburgh at Rams. I'm going Rams. Dude, the Rams are sneaky fun as fuck to watch. Mm-hmm. I was expecting nothing from them, and they're, they they if they make the playoffs, they'll, they'll probably be you know seven. They don't or score 16. points though. They 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 but rack they up move a lot the of ball yards. So but they, I know. Well. I know. If only they score just, more points. But that that to me adds into the chaoticness of them. Like right. Stafford has right. an untimely turnover, or there's a fumble, or they make it to the twenty and somehow are back to the forty. Like it's fucking great. They, they they're they're one of the funnest teams to watch in football, in my opinion. Um, oh, I don't know. That Steelers defense is solid, man. I'm going Rams. I think Cooper Cup and, and Puka are going to combine for 300 receiving yards. With like, and all 300 will be. Cooper <laughs> I was Cup. just going to say, I think Puka's time is done. He looked good. He he dropped a touchdown pass. Unfortunately. He did. Yep. So, uh, Chargers at Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City has re-entered the never pick against some territory. So give me Kansas City. Well, not only that, but the Chargers are in that territory where it's like again against an elite team, you got to prove it. How the fuck did they it lose just, that game yesterday? It just sucks because like Herb, I I want to see Herbert in the play. I like Justin Herbert. He's great. He's great. Keenan Allen is okay. Is fucking awesome, dude. Here, okay, listen. The Bears have the first and second overall pick. We need a quarterback. Just we're we're done with Justin. We traded him to Atlanta for two seconds. That's what we did. And we say, you know what? We're not sold on Caleb or Drake or any of these guys. But what we will do. Chargers, because your your coach is gone. You're in maybe a retool. We're going to give you the first overall pick and next year's first-round pick for Justin Herbert so he can come and be a Chicago Bear with this new coaching staff led by Big Dick Ben Johnson. Ben I'd Dick. Do, it. do you do, I'd it? do it? I would do it. Wow. Yeah. 
Because I like Herbert better than Caleb Williams. I think I'm I leaning too. towards I'm I'm leaning towards going to the baseball route and the prospects are prospects and you don't really know what you're getting. Because even is, Trevor Lawrence was looked at as case. a generational prospect, and what does he want? Well, he's still he's still right. No, but that that's that's what we tried to prepare people for. Of like, yeah, whether it's Justin, whether it's whoever. If we moved off of him and it was Bryce, it's not going to just change overnight. It, that never happens. No. So it's not going to be Patrick Mahomes every single time, guys. And Patrick sat a Burrow. year. Pat sat a year. I know. So and he also has one of the best coaches in the league. So yeah. Well, I'm going Chiefs. Uh, Green Bay at Denver. Give me Green Bay. Oh yeah. Denver fucking I will say, sucks. I'm going to be paying attention to this game because if Jordan Love looks like shit again against this Denver team that everybody said, oh, well, Justin Fields only had a good game because it's Denver. And then fucking J- Jordan Love comes out with two picks and yeah. a rushing touchdown or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Well, and Zach Wilson looked really bad against Denver too. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm going Green Bay as well, but this is a game, this is one we need Green Bay to win. You continue to middle. I told you this going in the year. We need to cheer for Green Bay to be average. They're going to win this game. Good. They're gonna they win need this to. Game. But then, but then uh, them losing and getting Denver away from us in the standings, that also See, helps. that's, that's I'm, I'm rooting for the one loss or the one win teams. I found yeah. myself rooting for yep. the Patriots the other day because I'm like, just win. Just just get away from the stop. Denver has away. their first? Yeah. Okay. There's too many teams out there with with one, yeah, with one right. win. It's I know. disgusting. Uh, Miami at Philly. I'm going Miami in the upset. Ooh. I don't like the way Philly's been playing. I, I told you, I think it was last week, that Jalen Hurts has not really looked all that good passing the football. I know they just signed Julio. Two people are losing their minds for Julio Jones. Calm down. Calm down. We've seen Julio Jones on, on, three different, on two other teams now, and he's not Julio Jones. Stop. Stop. Miami is going to put up 75 points, wow. and they're going to absolutely dominate this game. Yeah, they just... Uh... Signed Julio when he was a do not practice due to a hamstring. So, uh, <laughs> go Julio. <laughs> Julio. <laughs> Where are them hamstrings at? I'm going with the Dolphins too. The the Eagles. The, yeah, the, there we go. I feel like, like I feel like early in the year it's a good thing. Like oh, we're finding different ways to win. We're not clicking yet. That's always a good thing. But then you you do what you do against the Jets. That's not. Dolphins are still firing on all cylinders. This is gonna have to be a shootout. I don't know. I don't know if Philly has it in him right now. Yeah, I got Miami. Uh San Francisco, Monday night football at Minnesota. Uh I know San Francisco looked looked bad, but dude, that Cleveland defense is they're phenomenal. special. They're 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 fucking good. So uh and Minnesota is not. So I'm gonna <laughs> go San Francisco. I know CMC might not play. Hopefully not. I need Jordan Mason to to get a start here in in a, in a fantasy. Yeah, I'm that desperate. I'm I'm getting Jordan Mason out here. Because you know what? They also have a, a great coach and Kevin Stef- or uh not Kevin Stefanski. Wow. I'm thinking of yeah, I'm going old school. Anyways, they're going to get Jordan Mason and they're looking like CMC because that team just plugs in running backs and makes them look like they're future Hall of Famers regardless. Yeah. Give me give me San Fran. I am going San Francisco as well. Um, Minnesota stinks. But oh, but the point that Cleveland, I was just uh, talking football with my dad. I think Cleveland, Jets, and San Fran, those are some fucking defenses right there. That Cleveland defense is disgusting. They are good. very good. Very good. Uh, bye week teams, Jets, Cowboys, Panthers, Bengals, Titans, Houston. Use that information for your fantasy team. 
wild that Houston actually matters to some people because they got some they got some players on that team. So uh, yep. this has been the Bear With Us podcast. I'm Jack. He's Frank. It's a rough time, Frank. This is this we're, is not where I wanted to be going into week seven. We're back here again. But, and, but, you know, before we officially end it, the thing that's most frustrating, Jack, is we didn't have, like, crazy expectations. Nope. Had this team won five, six games, but it, like, was a clear, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're, look, they know what they're fucking doing. I would have taken that. Even if that meant like you have the number one pick for Carolina and you still move off of Justin, just something from this coaching staff. You wanted to see that they knew what they're, and they're just, they're inept. They're inept. It's over. And it also makes me like, you know, it makes me take away any sort of credit last year that they were tanking on purpose. I didn't really necessarily subscribe to it, but you have to know what you're doing to do the opposite as well. And they're just, yeah, they're bad. Yeah, I mean, it sucks that we were that that we were right. That my concerns about this coaching staff have been just proven ultimately true. It, I didn't want that. I wanted to be wrong. I wanted everything to work out, and it's not going to. So, better days are ahead. That's what I've been telling myself for twenty years now. Whatever yep. it is, what it is. But we do appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you guys checking out this week's edition of the Bear with Us podcast. We will be back against uh, next week. We'll talk Raiders beating the crap out of the bears and how Tyson Bajan threw 17 picks and et cetera, et cetera. But thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Later, Jackie. Later, everybody. Everybody love everybody.